0: Lamella Ball hits a game winner and the Charlotte Hornets they beat the Milwaukee Bucks again. We talk about it today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day Not in America. We laugh. We live. We live. <laughs> All right, the usual open, we're just going to have to set to the side for a little bit. I'm not going through that, man. I'm not going to go through the script, the normal script that is on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Let's acknowledge the elephant or the bee in the room and discuss both of us actually wearing these bee suits because somebody, I don't know who yet, But somebody put us up to this bee suit costume to the point where if we got 500 subscribers on YouTube, then we would have to wear these ridiculous things. And so if you are still listening anywhere you get your podcast and only the audible medium, then you cannot see us absolutely embarrass ourselves. And I got to tell you, like we can play this up all we want to, but I was looking at myself in the mirror. I tried to care about this, Doug. Like I shaved for this just to make sure I didn't look... Even more ridiculous than I already was going A to. Fuzzy bee. <laughs> and then I put the bee suit on. And then I turned the camera on. And I'm like, goodness gracious. Other people are going to see me like this. You can too. If you go to YouTube. Type in Lockdown Hornets. Subscribe. We do appreciate everybody for doing this. And as a reward for everybody subscribing to our YouTube channel, that helps us out. It helps you out. It helps us give you better content. We're going to reward you with embarrassing ourselves. And you can take pictures if you want. I'm sure they are going to be screen grabs. And we're just going to have to live with this for the rest of our lives, Doug Branson.
1: Uh, what I realized as I dressed up for this is that there are really zero stakes for me. You are actually a public figure broadcaster <laughs> in Charlotte. <laughs> so, um, But I want you to keep in mind, Walker, uh, that really we need to lay the blame on the people that subscribed on YouTube. Because we said, hey, you subscribe to us on YouTube, we dress in B costumes. So I want you to keep that mi- in mind as I admit to you that, yeah okay I was the one that came up with this <laughs> of item, course okay? you are uh, it like, wasn't it wasn't a mysterious producer it was me yeah shocked uh, and it worked and it worked yeah. and it worked yeah. you got 500 subscribers it Worked. Yeah,
0: I, I want I want people to understand that even behind the scenes, Doug Branson tried to sell to me as much as possible that it was not him, that it was somebody in the higher ups of the Locked On Podcast Network. And then I thought maybe Chicago Locked On Bulls Podcast might dress up as Benny. I thought maybe you would have something <laughs> else going on. I thought this was going to be a site wide thing, and instead no. we are the ones. I mean, look, my like I can't get this hat right. Like I I tried to mess with it. You the look best like I a vid- Viking. You
1: look like a Viking <laughs> bee with the hat I look, on.
0: I mean, I tried to like squiggle the antennas a little bit to make sure that they look more bee-like. It was a field goal. It looked like you wanted to kick something through the uprights on these antennas, and now my my head is weirdly shaping and it doesn't fit. I this is what right okay. here. You want to see my stinger real quick? Here we
1: go. I mean, uh, well, I mean, buy me dinner first, but oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Don't get nice. stung,
0: baby. Stinging. We're stinging out here. <laughs>
1: stinging. Both of us. I stangin. It. Um Hey, uh before before we get to the Milwaukee, the, the walkie-talkie, we got plenty of walkie-talkie to do on this show. Yeah, uh, yeah. Huge game, huge win. Uh, Lamelo be uh, bu- not buzzer beater, but game winner. Love it. Okay, uh, one more thing to say mm-hmm. about these bee costumes, and I want to say it to some of the other podcasts out there, some of the other Hornets podcasts. You may be able to do the stats. You may be able to do the analysis. Actually give
0: good information. That's all fine. Yeah, correct.
1: Yeah, right. Correct information. (laughs) But can you do... I can do a stat. I can do a stat all day. I'll give you a stat right now. 72.4%. Boom. Gave you a stat. But can you do (laughs) this? I don't think so.
0: Nobody can pull this off. Like, Dove. Like, Dove. Ah,
1: I was going to... Doug B. Ranson, and I said, Dove.
0: I went with a different animal. (sighs) <sighs> get me out of here. All right, let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. I, we're we're going to okay. try to talk seriously about this while I look with you and antennas and my on my head and on your head. Um, man, what an awesome game to talk about, though. Like, yeah. we get a repeat the milwaukee bucks they go down in the spectrum center again to the charlotte hornets lamello not a very good offensive first half at least from hitting the field goal type thing then the second half boom shows up big time how about the floater and what i love about lamello hitting that type of shot doug not only is it the go ahead not only for the obvious reasons but lamello so often in the last year and a half of nba basketball gotten so much better at being decisive once he got in the paint. There was always, like, Mm -hmm. at the beginning of his maturation process, he'd get into the paint, and then he wouldn't know exactly what to do and try to force a pass at the last second. It would lead to a turnover. But even then, he was trying to hit Terry Rozier in the corner. The pass wasn't there, and so he's like, well, I'm about to travel. If I bring this basketball down with me, we're going to float it up. Floating to his left, which is really hard, nails it. And Lamelo hits a very Lamello-esque type of game winner to beat the defending champs for the second time in three days. Awesome shot. We'll start there from their superstar player, and then we'll get into the later on PJ Washington defense, Miles Bridges' physicality, Terry Rozier hitting buckets, but Lamello, Doug. Impressive second half and an impressive shot.
1: We've seen LaMelo do a lot of crazy things over his one plus seasons in Charlotte. Um, you know, insane, mind bending, physics breaking passes. He's had takeover quarters. He's had 30 plus point scoring games. He's done a lot so far, but the one thing that we really hadn't seen him do is hit a crunch time bucket, and a lot of that is because Terry Rozier is so good at doing that that the team often depends on him to take those kind of shots, but what you saw last night is the future of this franchise. LaMelo Ball is capable of living in that moment, and he's capable of delivering, and what you love to see is that that opportunity came from Terry Rozier, Terry Rozier saying, "Here, young guy, you're the future of this franchise. Take over. Let's see what you can do." Cleared everybody out and and LaMelo delivered a tough shot. Wesley Matthews quoted after the game saying, "You know, that's that's an incredibly tough shot to hit and, you know, but that's, you know, LaMelo's the kind of player that can hit that shot." So, uh, I'm just I'm just floored. LaMelo keeps coming over the top with what we think he can do, what's possible. And uh, if you're a Hornets fan, you cannot be more excited than you were after last night.
0: Well, a couple of things with LaMelo, and I continue to talk about the half-court offense where he's able to break the defense down, kind of get to his moves. He's been able to get into the paint. I don't want to say with ease. I mean, it makes it act like it's it's not very hard, but he's able to do it consistently and then hit those floaters, able to get to the rim a little bit better. And the other impressive thing about this, it's the fact that it all kind of took place in the second half for LaMelo. Like it wasn't good for him in the first two quarters. And then boom, he turns it on like all-stars, like superstars can against a Milwaukee Bucks team that had Giannis, that had Chris Middleton. You know, you don't have Drew Holiday, and that certainly makes life exponentially better because he is one of the better on ball defenders in the game and for sure that's going to be easier still lamella was able to do that in the second half and he didn't come up with a goose egg after what was such an important game the night before right and i kind of right. think that speaks to a lot of the other charlotte hornets you can have that letdown contest huge win put all our resources in- into that we'd be more than thrilled for the Hornets to just come out of this with a 1-1 record, splitting the meeting between the Milwaukee Bucks, despite it being at the Spectrum Center, despite them being without a couple of guys and a couple of depth pieces. But here they go 2-0, and and the Hornets, they're able to put in even more resources. They're able to dig deep. They're able to find something to get two victories against that quality of a team, and I think that is something else that should be taken note of.
1: Yeah, and to me, this is a signal of what's to come in the second half of this yeah. season for the Charlotte Hornets. And and that's why I say to any LaMelo Ball fan, if you're frustrated by – anything around LaMelo Ball and this team, I think it's going to change dramatically in the second half of this season and and into whatever playoff run this Hornets team might find themselves in. You know, I think it's going to be more and more depending on LaMelo Ball for offensive production both with his passing ability, his transition opportunities and um, his his shooting as well. So just an incredible night. Uh, you know, he beats Milwaukee with the pass in Game One, and in Game Two, uh, he he beats them with the shot. This felt like a playoff kind of environment, and there's so much more to talk about from this game. From from I think JB's coaching effort, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, so many different players had moments in this game. It was incredible. I can't hear you, Doug. What'd you say? What What was that?
0: Let me let me try to get in. Hmm. <laughs> My antennas yeah, are I need tingling you to throw those stingers
1: bit. up in the air, buddy. Yeah, let's get uh, those antennas up.
0: Uh, well, we'll talk about who has the better antenna setup because ours are a little different. I'm going more so in the. Crazy direction. Yours are a little bit mm-hmm. better suited. You're more organized. Mine's, mine minor
1: built. we'll see, yours are built for comfort. Mine are built for speed. It's like the wind is blowing <laughs> yeah, them you... back. I'm buzzing, baby. I'm stinging.
0: I'm like the lazy bee in the hive. You're the one that's been moving and working, and I'm the one I'll that tell just you, got I'm up sweating. out of bed.
1: I'm I'm sweating in the hive right now. Under the lights, this <laughs> costume in is getting a little toasty. To
0: to sweat in the hive makes it sound so much more nasty. No man, I've got a lot of sweat going on in the hive. Anyways, let's kind of continue here and try to talk more about the Milwaukee Bucks victory but first not before I've been, I mentioned Bet Online. They'd like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue the march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year, a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games you don't have to wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts let's talk more about that game against the Milwaukee Bucks coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast So we don't really have the intros for these other videos that are the second segment and the third segment. And so I don't necessarily want to just go into the topic without acknowledging every time that we're wearing B suits because the way that we have this broken up now on YouTube is the fact that we're putting each segment up separately. And so I can give the intro, I can inform everybody on what's going on in the first segment, and then once we put this separate video out for the second segment, people are going to flock to this and say, why the hell are these guys wearing? No, I kind of like right that. Now? I don't think I we should. Expl- do. it. I don't I think we should would.
1: explain it. I think we should just let this sit. And if people randomly see this in their feed and they click on it, I think they sh- they should just know what they're getting with this show. This is what you're getting with this show.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is a ringing endorsement. By the way, I think I had my b hat on backwards. And I, and I tried to flip it over. I think that's why, not that I look at it yet. Yeah, now I look better. Yeah. This th- is, I think that that's what was making
1: it look ridiculous.
0: That sure. was the thing that made it look ridiculous. I'll tell you what else is ridiculous, Doug. And look, people might roll their eyes at me saying this PJ Washington, man, not a good night in the box score. Not in the, at least with the shooting box score everywhere else. Like he actually did perform pretty well, but when it comes to shooting PJ was two of 10. And in fact, he was zero of five from the three point line just didn't have it going. But also, I think that kind of makes it a weird game because you would look to him not shooting the ball well, and then you might say, yeah, awful game from P.J. But check out these other stats, and let's just go ahead and talk about his overall impact on the game. Only five points, right? But one block, four steals, five assists, seven rebounds, six of the defensive variety. We also know that P.J. played very good defense against Giannis, helped Provide some resistance on the key turnover at the end of the game. P.J. was getting hype. That was fun to see, too. Like, P.J. was getting as hype as I've seen him, really. Pretty stoic, dude is P.J. Washington, but I think last right. night you got to see a lot of emotion from him. This one mattered, and the fact that he didn't get discouraged from a bad shooting night, and faults too, he had what was an awful turnover. I mean, there was one where he was indecisive, decided to try to pass it, kick out to the right side, it got stolen, and he allowed a bucket on the other end, and that was a key play in the game, and P.J. blew it straight up. But overall, I think the impact was a positive one, and I can't help but think, Doug, just how – at least for this roster, as currently constructed, how massively important he is to play those center line, to play that that center spot, because the numbers suggest all, all the all the plus minus with him on the floor, it's all very good for the Hornets. It's been two years worth of sample size, at least one and a half. Him with Miles at the four, those numbers are good. His three point percentage, it's above 40 for the second straight season. I, the dude just unlocks things nobody else can on this roster, and I think you saw that last night, despite what was a just a poor shooting effort.
1: Well, it's the it's sort of the opposite James Harden defense, where you say, "All right, well, he's playing very poorly on defense," but they ask him to do so much on offense. Last night, the Hornets were asking him. To you know, have a Herculean effort against Giannis Antetokounmpo, make things extremely difficult on him, and and he did. He not only did that; he did that with five fouls for most of the fourth quarter. Like he had to play a little bit, try to play a little bit smart, but at the same time maintain that aggressiveness. Of course, he fouled out in in the first game against Milwaukee uh, several nights ago. And so I'm sure that was looming in the back of his head, too. But they didn't have to go back to Mason Plumlee. They could stick with P.J. Washington. So it's the opposite James Harden defense. You give him a break on the offensive end because he was doing so much uh, defensively. Also, we have to mention that he had five assists in this game. Uh, and yeah. honestly, like none bigger than the one that he had with less than a minute to go. Uh, LaMelo and Miles uh, ran a pick and roll and Miles sort of draws the defense down, but uh, LaMelo does a great job getting the pass to the outside. Yeah, that was baseline
0: pass, right, from P.J.?
1: Right, and and that drew Giannis Antetokounmpo up, allowed P.J. to drive baseline. Middleton had to come up to guard baseline, and P.J. sees Miles, who, if you look back at that play, this is a huge play. I think put him up four with uh, under a minute to go, and – Uh, Huge play! Miles was out of bounds and barely got both feet back in to to sort of regain possession, and then uh, regain position, and then caught the ball and got the layup. But just an amazing play by PJ, amazing play by Lamelo. This was a team win because uh, because Milwaukee was running zone defense for so much of this game. It just it it made the Hornets have to pass a lot, pass smart, not turn the ball over. And they couldn't knock down shots, so they had, they had to find creative ways like that to get guys' looks inside.
0: And I think they did. I, I don't know if you yeah. thought this, too. I They just weren't hitting shots, but this no. is that was a zone defense that I thought the Hornets were able to carve up pretty well. I mean, they were getting open three-point looks. Terry Rozier just couldn't knock a couple once they had that look at the end of the game. Like, Terry Terry was good in this one. It was just in that yeah. little stretch where Terry wasn't able to hit a few threes, and it wasn't the greatest percentage from him beyond the perimeter, four of 11. But even Gordon Hayward, like, I actually thought he showed up with a couple of made shots at the end of this game. Yeah, and look, to everybody that dislikes Gordon, you've had a lot of ammo in your arsenal for quite a while now. I mean, it, Gordon Gordon has not been playing all that well, but I thought good in the first quarter and had a couple of big buckets late in this one to give you 14. But the passing was very good, and, and Milwaukee going to zone, like it almost made Charlotte go to – their best strength offensively which is moving the basketball especially with Lamelo, and you got right. to see that kind of work and in that one possession you're talking about Lamelo, pj pj dribble in bounce pass miles finishes with the left hand Giannis can't recover in time and, and boom baby you're cooking Lamelo gets set up for a, a game-winning I shot was,
1: i thought it was a huge mistake by milwaukee for staying in the zone for so long because one it allowed charlotte to adapt and two it kind of takes away Giannis's biggest strength on that end of the floor. Like it takes I think it takes away his ability to block shots. Well, that's PJ, and,
0: right? Like stretching. Yeah, because PJ has to go right. out to the three point line and Giannis Giannis was out there and it's like, wait, the you know, the the C's part. You know, that well, that's what helped.
1: He's stretching and something that he's improved on since his rookie season is moving with the basketball. Like I think PJ, his his dribble, his handle is a lot better than it was early on in his career, and and he's able to move defenses in a way that he that he wasn't able to previously, and so a lot of different things going on. Once again, the bench failing Milwaukee. Uh, you did have Noara who started again um, and had a terrible game in that first game. He was seven of ten, twenty points. So at least Giannis and Middleton and had some help. But DiVincenzo, 0 uh, o of 8. Uh, Langston Galloway, 0 yeah, of 2. Game. Pat Connaughton 0 of 6. And the turnover <laughs> at the end by Giannis. Like, Giannis, like heaving the basketball and it goes out of bounds. Connaughton can't come up with it. Just. <laughs> Like, some crazy stuff in this game. Well, and
0: how about Cody Martin coming over to help? You You build that wall. And I didn't think Cody was going to get over in time. Build I was like, make the an freaking wall. wall. I know. That's what I was saying. I was, Cody Cody Martin, I thought, was going to be late. But he got there. And he forced Giannis to make a turnover, trying to pass it in the corner. Errant pass. I believe it was Wes Matthews in the corner, if I'm not mistaken. And then he couldn't get a handle on it. And eventually, they're not able to save it. Maybe it was him attempting to save it. Either way, that was a nice Late wall built by a couple of Charlotte Hornets to force it to the outside because like there were a couple of times Giannis got a full steam ahead roll into the basket and Hornets got bailed out, you know, like PJ had the time where he swiped at the basketball it hit Giannis's knee. Charlotte Hornets basketball on the other end, and then that play that we're talking about two times. Giannis was rolling to the basket; it's pretty unguardable, and Hornets got lucky along with some nice defensive awareness, at least, and just being in position to help them get lucky.
1: So let's let's zoom out a little bit and really kind of take a thirty thousand foot view of what has happened over the past couple of nights. These can't fly
0: that high, Doug. Like what? I mean, I don't know. We're talking Uh, about like
1: yeah, you're right. Let's take thirty. Can they three? How about three hundred? Let's take a three hundred. Can they fly that high?
0: I'll look it up while you're talking. Go ahead. Listen,
1: I didn't. I didn't join this podcast to do math. So yeah, you look it up. See how high. See how high these bees can fly. We'll we'll see how high the Hornets can fly. But they've beat the defending champs with Giannis and Middleton. It's not. I mean, they're two best players. I know they're missing a few guys, but still got Giannis and Middleton, two takeover kind of players who can win a game by themselves. Beat beat Milwaukee twice in a row. Did it in, in by using defense keeping uh, the, the Milwaukee Bucks from scoring 110 points for two straight nights and under 100 in this second night, something they have, just have not been able to do against even bad offensive teams. They've struggled to do that. So we, we've seen a complete turnaround of this team, and Borrego makes the point after the game, can they take this win and say, okay, or two wins, and say, okay, we're going to get better than this, even better than this. Can we grow or are we just going to sit back on our heels? We'll find out because they have a huge test coming up Wednesday against Philadelphia, a team that has just given them all kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. Has won seven games in a row and sits fifth in the Eastern Conference. It doesn't stop for the Hornets. It's a yeah. huge measuring stick coming up against the Sixers.
0: If they beat Philly, then I'm ready to say the. I'm the, I'm getting the in my car. I'm roof. driving.
1: <laughs> I'm driving six and a half hours. I'm I'm going right out to trade and try on in my beast suit. I want to stand
0: corrected here real quickly, Doug.
1: Okay. I
0: I looked up how high bees can fly, Uh and the first few hits on Google, scientists have found that honeybees can and do fly at very high altitudes, Uh over 25,000 feet. (laughs) and and, and look i'm only i'm only feeding the beast when i give you another compliment but then i go i knew it
1: i knew the whole time i don't you know i i I was i was trying to help you out honestly and and make you feel better and kind of questioning it but i pretty much knew the entire time you played me
0: Lifescience.com, science.com like the fourth hit on google in fact it says that all of the bees were capable, measured in this LiveScience.com whatever article experiment. All the bees were capable of flying in conditions equivalent to 13,000 feet, and some even made it past 30,000 feet. You hit it right off the money, Mount Everest, unbelievable. Well, and,
1: and honestly, you know what? Let's take a let's take a lesson from Nature Walker and not <laughs> underestimate. The Charlotte Hornets and how high they can fly. We had this like seed-sealing discussion in the last show, and I think we put it at, at five. I think we're thinking a little too conservative because the Hornets have been on the roller coaster and we've seen how low that roller coaster can go. Mm-hmm. But I think it might be time for fans to start believing mm. again.
0: You don't know how high. I can fly the words of Michael (laughs) Scott. We've got one more segment to go. Kelly Oubre, the only bad news that came from yesterday does enter health and safety protocol. We got to see Jalen McDaniels minutes, Cody Martin minutes. How do we expect the Hornets to navigate this journey without Kelly in the time being? We'll talk about that next on the lockdown Hornets podcast. (laughs)
1: Walker can can Bobby Portis like just chill for 2 seconds can he chill <laughs> yes. for 2 only, I'm only asking for 2 seconds chill
0: The answer is no okay, He can't go. He can't
1: just tell you right. dudes
0: on the head and no he he can't Bobby Portis is not able to chill that is something he's unable to do and honestly you have the flipped rolls right Jordan Nora actually was somebody that showed up last night hitting some buckets and then it was Bobby Portis who was able to do it the previous game they flipped rolls where Bobby didn't hit any buckets and this time it was Nora that was able to do it got you a little scared in the first quarter when he got going.
1: It's clear, like, Bobby Portis and Miles Bridges are buddies. Even the refs don't don't know it. They were getting up in each other's grill in, like, a fun kind of way, and the refs were trying to break it up in that first game. It's clear they're buddies, and it was cute, until Bobby Portis just started going kung fu on every mm-hmm. hornet's head. Like, um, Miles, can you tell this guy to chill?
0: Well, and we know that Bobby Portis is not one to be trifled with after what he did to Nikola Miritich up in Chicago during the early portion of his career. We know that this is somebody that – actually will go there. He is not a hold-me-back type of guy, at least by the evidence that we saw in Chicago. But Miles Bridges, he's from Flint. So... I'm not trying to endorse that. I'm just trying to say that would have been something that I would have been running away from while those guys could mix it up a little bit. Kelly Oubre, he enters health and safety protocols. The most unfortunate news that we saw yesterday after what was a big-time win for the Hornets, the second go-around against the Milwaukee Bucks. Kelly's been very good. We've talked about his impact with this team. Doug had the Detroit game not too long ago. Still, even more consistently than I thought he would, has has had a very big impact on this team certainly offensively, hitting a lot mm-hmm. of three-pointers, attacking more, giving this team attitude. Just a fun player and has embraced Charlotte and this organization right from the get-go. Happy to be in a place where he he said this is the happiest I've been playing basketball in the last five years. And he said that even before the season started, I, I don't think that was just, you know, blown smoke. I think he really does think that this is, uh, this is the best environment he's been in a long time. So unfortunately, so Hornets are going to be without Kelly, who knows how long, couple games, three games, whether he came in contact, whether he actually has it. Uh, what do you make of this news though, that we see Kelly in the protocol?
1: Yeah, I mean, Kelly's, have, look, Kelly's having a career year in Charlotte. Best uh, points-per-shot attempt, according to Cleaning the Glass, in, in his uh, entire career, which spanned over Washington, Phoenix, and Golden State. Uh, I think he's played above my expectations for Kelly Oubre, has gotten himself. The odds have him as uh, a, a, a long shot number two for sixth man of the year behind Tyler Hero. Uh, And he's been able to do two big things for the Hornets. He's been able to get them back into games with his shooting, and he's been able to deliver kind of the knockout punch when they're going back and forth with with the team. And I think you saw that missing that particular missing piece last night against the Milwaukee Bucks. There were many times when the Hornets had open looks. Ready to deliver a knockout blow to the defending champs and really put them back on their heels and probably coast to a victory. Instead, you had to depend on Lamelo Ball at the end of the game to knock down the clutch shot because they just could. They didn't have a shot maker that could come out there and just knock down a huge three. Uh, they will. They will sorely miss Tsunami Poppy Walker. But if we're looking for positives, obviously we hope Kelly Oubre actually feels okay and then he gets better soon. If he is feeling symptoms. But due to these new kind of protocol rules, we could see Kelly Oubre back a lot sooner than had he gotten into the protocols, you know, several weeks yeah. ago. So probably misses the rest of the week, but um, could get him back, you know, beginning of next week.
0: And so J.B. really just kind of rolls with Cody Martin more so than even Jalen McDaniel's. And McDaniel's couldn't hit very much last night. Only you know 10 minutes for McDaniel's, but one of seven from the field. Uh, Missed three three pointers. The one he hit was massive. I mean, that was a big time. I think it was a corner three that Jalen hit, but that was it. You know, that was the only shot that he hit. Cody Martin comes in. We talked about his impact on that last defensive play. Cody Martin hit two big time threes, goes three of five from the field and goes two of three from beyond the arc to kind of continue this improbable run for the three point crown, the best shooter in the NBA. Even with a minimum attempt filter in there, Cody Martin can still claim, uh, or at least has been able to claim, the best three-point field goal percentage in the NBA.
1: Yeah, and he had uh, gone cold a little bit since his return from health and safety protocols. So maybe this absence by uh, Kelly Oubre will allow Cody Martin to get back into his three-point shooting groove because... That you know, Cody Martin shooting a bill, he doesn't he doesn't shoot it a ton, he shoots it enough to qualify, but those threes add up when so many of these players can knock down two three point attempts two three point attempts per game, mm-hmm. like that's that's gonna add up and that's made Charlotte one of the best shooting teams in the league this season. And it allows for you know tough shooting nights by P.J. Washington and Jalen McDaniels that doesn't have to sink your team because you have other guys like Cody Martin who can step in and fill the void. And Kelly Oubre has been a little cold from three over the past five or six games, so maybe this reset for him uh, can be an opportunity for him to come back and and really. Uh, unleash the tsunami poppy uh, when he when he does return well
0: <clears throat> and Cody Martin brings you something really entirely different than Kelly does and that even it does kind of go to his offensive game because defensively Cody clearly a better player than what Kelly Ubre is but I think offensively even you look at his box score it, Cody is getting you a decent amount of assist. at like he's kind of flirting with a handful every single game. And Kelly's just not a ball mover, man. He's a scorer. Like that's what he comes off the bench to do. He's gonna go. That's what that, that, he hey, that's what he's yeah. paid to no, do. No, by the way, right, you don't exactly. want
1: Kelly Oubre moving the basketball.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, like that. That's just that's just what he's that's just what he is is here to do. But that's kind of my point. It's almost like I kind of go to Moneyball where they're trying to replace Jason Giambi with a whole bunch of other different pieces. So you lose Kelly Oubre. How do you get that three how do you get that offensive impact well you get it with Cody allowing other players to facilitate a little more and so maybe Cody gets the more out of players um, you know, that's on the court with him. And also you go with McDaniels who can also shoot a little, you know, he can put it on the, on the a floor a little bit, not like Kelly, but you know, he's kind of expanded his game in order for him uh, to be able to do that. And so I think like no Kelly enter Jalen, enter Cody. And, and clearly they're a lot better defensively. And so like, it, it's interesting that way. I, I do want to talk about Kelly's impact even more so Doug, because wh- when we went into this regular season, I thought the Hornets were asking a lot immediately from James Booknight to come in and bear a lot of the offensive load off of the bench. I was like, who who are they going to get their scoring from? Because if Kelly has another, even somewhere close to historically bad start like he had with Golden State shooting the basketball, you can't right. count on Cody to do that. Jalen McDaniels, as much as I liked him, it's not like he's a, the the spark plug that comes in off of the bench and just fills it up. I thought Booknight was going to have to be that guy. And Kelly, yeah. I think, has allowed the Charlotte Hornets more than any other player to be patient with James Booknight. Because mm-hmm. even, even with hey, we're going to play Cody instead of James because Cody's better defensively, James just isn't ready. You haven't missed what Booknight might be able to bring you because Kelly has been so good offensively and kind of serves the same role coming off of the bench and just get buckets for us.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if you had to depend on James Booknight for that offensive production, <clears throat> it would make you even worse defensively. Oh, yeah. like oh, it yeah. would expose you even more defensively. Like Kelly Oubre is not... The greatest defender in the world, but he does have he does have length and he can get out and steal the basketball and get you into transition. James Booknight has quickness and and I don't want to like it's tough to judge James Booknight because we haven't seen him. so we're sort of judging the negative, like judging what we think he could do. Uh, we we don't really know that yet. But I agree with you. I think it's a, you know, I, I as someone who loves, You know, first seeing first-round picks get early run, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm a little disappointed. But at the same time, you know, I think overall it's going to be better for this organization to be able to develop those players slowly and not have to depend on them um, because there can be negative aspects of that.
0: Yeah, and and I think Kelly Oubre, again, more than any other player, has allowed them to do so. And, yeah, this is is not to knock Book Knight. You know, as a no. player, like I, I the, the one play I kind of go to more than anything is the the defensive stance that he had against Jordan Clarkson in that Utah game where he got some run. He's able to go with them baseline. Clarkson, a really good ISO player, you know, talk, talk about somebody that's in the sixth man of the year running. You know, I think it was like last year, you know, and either he won or it was it was, you know, he was up there. But I, I thought that was good. It allows this organization to be patient, which has kind of been their identity. They don't make an in-season trade. They want to try to develop young talent. James Brago doesn't mind sending these dot guys to Greensboro. And PJ Washington might get run his first year. Miles might get run his first year, but that's also a very different situation the Hornets were in trying to build this thing from the ground up. Now they're trying to make the playoffs, and it's not a rebuilding year, so to speak. Like at the very at the very closest to that, you're talking about a transition year. And that's why yeah. I think it's allowed them to be more patient. So we'll yeah, see if they're no, able to I, do I, it.
1: I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's really uh, what I wanted need- you
0: to say, by the way. I just wanted to hear you say, I agree. I needed that verbalized to me.
1: Well, I'm giving it to you because I made you. I admitted that I made you dress up in the Beecot. Well, I didn't make you. The viewers who subscribed yeah. to us on YouTube got us 500. They made you. I did come up with the idea. Uh, you are a public figure in Charlotte. I knew it would, I knew this would, uh, or I didn't think about how it would impact you, but that's kind of my MO. Uh, I think I look great right in the B suit. It, I think I really pull it off. I think uh, it's you fa- kind of do. That's what hurts, back.
0: Doug. Like why? It, you kind of do. Now I will say you did go the extra mile. You did the you did the the black long sleeve. I th- do you have gloves on? Do you have black gloves on?
1: I, I did. I did. I, I brought out these black gloves, <laughs> but I can't. I can't like scroll on my computer while I had right. the gloves. So I had to, I had to ditch the gloves. I mean, I've
0: I've got like this red. Dotted shirt under. I've got a backwards hat to try to make the cap fit my head a little better. My antennas are going all over the place, and yours look like you
1: look really good, Doug. I didn't think Thanks, I'd man. say that. I didn't Thanks, think I'd man. say that. I feel like I pull it off. I feel yeah. like I'm. I'm going to wear this out today when I really yeah. <laughs> show it <laughs> please, off. Please local do. Coffee shop.
0: Everybody, check out Doug Branson looking swell in a b suit on YouTube. Just type in Lockdown Hornets and subscribe. And then if we get a thousand subscribers. Am I to assume that it was truly this time somebody else that initiated the face paint thing that we're going to do if we get a thousand? Like, that was really someone else. That one wasn't you.
1: No, that was me, too.
0: It's locked on Hornets. Thanks again for joining us on the Locked On Podcast Network. Help us get
1: to a thousand! Make
0: sure you make your second listen. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Hey, tomorrow it's West Wednesday's. I wish we could have worn this a little bit with West, but. Like he's always going to be dressed in some. Got you got to make
1: him the star. We don't yeah. want to make, we, we don't want to be the stars when he's on. We got to make him the star.
0: All right, it's West Bryant. Will he don a jersey, a pink jacket, a gator suit? Find out tomorrow, West Wednesdays on the Lockdown On Hornets podcast.
1: Mm, buzz, buzz. <laughs>